Welcome to Advertising Will Save Us, the podcast that looks at how the ad industry can move the world forward culturally, socially, and environmentally. I'm Myra Nussbaum, President and Chief Creative Officer of Havas Chicago. Hi, and I'm Dan Lucy, Chief Creative Officer of Havas New York. As we've said before, advertising hasn't always had the best reputation for doing good in the world. But thankfully, things are changing. The ad industry is by no means out of the woods yet, but we're seeing some incredible stuff happening both in terms of specific campaigns and within the industry itself. Things that are making a real difference and going some way to solving some of the world's biggest problems. In this podcast, we're going to hear each week from some of the people driving that change. The world can feel like a super scary place at the moment. It seems like we're all regressing into an earlier age where rights are curtailed and extremism is on the rise. And that's before we even get into climate change. So our question for each episode is, given the power and influence that the advertising industry has, can it save us from some of the most pressing problems. That's true. Our reputation hasn't been good, but we have been seeing some incredible stuff happening, both in terms of specific campaigns and within the industry itself, things that are making a real difference and doing its part in solving some of the world's biggest problems. In this podcast, we're going to hear each week from some of the people driving that change. So, as usual, we're going to begin by hearing from you. What is it about advertising that drives you crazy? What do we have this week, Myra? The interview in this week's episode was actually recorded live a few months ago at the Cannes Lion Festival. And Cannes, as always, is an incredible celebration of creativity, ingenuity, and innovation in our industry. But sometimes it can feel like we're all just patting each other on the back. And as you guys know, on this podcast, we're not about doing that. So per usual, we asked you, uh, what about advertising drives you crazy? And I think this one is specifically aimed at Cannes and the other award shows. It's from an anonymous source, and they say, I really hate how agencies use causes and nonprofits for the sole purpose of winning awards. Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a, um, it's a pretty gross thought to think that the kind of work that takes up causes and tries to kind of whether fix them or create some awareness around a problem or a cause is solely designed to win an advertising award. That's kind of gross to me. I, I like, I take kind of a little bit more of an optimistic view on this. I like to believe that creatives and agency folk in general are really into change and seeing how they can make a difference. So a lot of the work does come from a purer place. And I know that the awards is a byproduct and sometimes it's a great byproduct, especially for those that are in the industry. But I, I want to believe that behind each campaign that wins, there's, there's some purity. I totally agree. I think all all of us, well, you and I can definitely vouch for, but we like to use our powers for good, um, both for our clients, but to solve some of the world's bigger problems. So yeah, while we're going to solve a problem for, you know, selling more brakes to people for me in AutoZone, I, I don't think that that should make it off limits for us to try to help a nonprofit out there to get their message out in the world. So appreciate the perspective and I get it. Trust me, I think there is a lot of things to hate on in the award show circuit and the racket, but it shouldn't stop us from trying to help make things better. Yeah, and I think I think we're doing a, also we're challenging. I think juries are starting to challenge 
agencies to not just come up with awareness plays, right? Talk, dramatize a problem that we all agree is is bad, um, but come up with solutions to that problem and really drive change. And I think that's a great lens to throw on any work that's being awarded. Please send us more of these. If there's anything that really bugs you or drives you nuts about advertising, tweet us at Havas, hashtag advertising will save us, or email us at podcastfeedback at Havas.com. And um, if you make it super juicy, we might just pick it for an upcoming show. Speaking of awards, as we mentioned, this episode was recorded at Cannes and looks at how advertising can help change our day-to-day behavior when it comes to using water. Our guest this episode is Tarek Bayer, the North American Marketing Director for Reckett Hygiene. He's one of Dan's clients, so Dan kicked off the combo. And we are here live at Cannes. Very exciting. This is where we celebrate the best and the bravest um, ideas we have in our industry. And we also celebrate the best and bravest marketers. And because without brave marketers, we can't do anything. So it's very important that we kind of shout out uh, the clients that we work for. And that's a perfect segue for me to introduce um, Tarek Bayer, marketing director for Reckit Hygiene. Tarek is the man behind the hugely successful Skip the Rinse water conservation platform for the brand Finished. He joined Reckit in Turkey in 2017 and revolutionized the global brand strategy for Finnish, winning awards in Turkey and across the world. He's won many Can Lions. And he's now stepped into a global role and is replicating his success in Turkey for the Finnish brand um, across multiple markets. I am very excited to say that he is now one of my clients. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have him on. I'm thrilled to be working with him. I'm a little jealous over here. You should be a little jealous. And uh, Tarek, welcome to Advertising Will Save Us. Maybe just before we kick off into our questions, just generally explain um, the skip the rinse idea, the concept around it, the platform. Yeah, thank you, Dan. And first, I'm a huge fan of Havas, so I have to say it, huge fan. So, yeah, 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 I, I like it. So, Skip the Rinse, it's all about dishwashing. Finnish is the um, oldest brand in the category that created the category across Europe, US, all continents. So, our, our just journey is all about easing the burden of dishwashing. Because nobody likes dishwashing, right? Nobody likes it, I mean, just dirty dishes. So. We don't sell hand wash soaps. We don't. We just are focused on the science and, and, and care to the consumer with the machine manufacturers like Bosch, Siemens, you know, Beko in, in Europe. So what we did is, I'm coming from Turkey, you told it then, is like the market is a very developed market. Very surprisingly, we have 90% dishwasher penetration. So everybody in Turkey has a dishwasher. And when you ask the consumers, they say, how do you wash your dishes? They say, and the dishwasher, of course. And with, with the Havas team, we got Ipsos, Kantar, everybody, and said, okay, let's, let's look deeper into it, how they wash it. And then we did the lab for 300 consumers, put the kitchen and the dishwasher and dirty dishes, wash it now. What we have seen is everybody, literally, was just running the water, making all the plates clean, and then putting the dishwasher. The dishwasher is an amazing, efficient machine. It's, you know, like 170 degrees Celsius in, in the machine. It's, the water is filtered maybe 300 times. So there is no way a hand can clean a dish that dishwasher can't. So we said, okay, why are you cleaning it? It's just an autopilot behavior. People yeah. just wasting. And then we calculated the water running, running, running. And, and we saw 57 liters in US, 20 gallons, just going away without a reason, just in every wash and think dishwashing is just, you do it every day, right? And do the maths, in Turkey it was like enough to fill a big lake, and think, think US, it's enough to fill the Hoover Dam. 
it's so huge. The, the water used at home, 17% um, of it goes to dishes. So it's, it's a huge, huge thing. But, but nobody noticed. Nobody, nobody do it. Right, because I think most people think, it, well, it goes down the drain, and then the city recycles it, and it comes back. Right, but that's obviously a misconception. Um, so yeah, it's important work. Why? Why did they explain why they pre-rinsed? Because I do it too, and I think I it's just because it. my mom did. That's it. why I bought a dishwasher. I, I I bought a dishwasher so I don't have to do the dishes in it. I, I'm lazy. I don't enjoy the dishes, so I stick them right in. Yeah. Did people say it was just? Well, yeah. Well, they say two things, of course. First, they don't trust the, either the machine or the detergent, the process itself. The second one is, of course, we were talking before, like, is it gonna, something's gonna happen to my machine and it's gonna break up, so, but actually it's, it's just a myth. So this happened in my own house. I was, I saw the Skip the Rinse campaign. I, I used it, I told my husband, because he was the big pre-rinser. I was like, look, it's totally safe. He said, well, that's advertising. Of course, they're telling you to skip the rinse, but we were doing it. And then the dishwasher stopped working. The Sears home appliance guy came over and he said, are you pre-rinsing? And I said, no. And he's like, you have to pre-rinse. So we need to work on those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it's the biggest problem I think here is um, there are myths about dishwashing and about the machine. Nobody knows the machine. I think with, with Havas US now, our whole mission is to unbox the machine, to talk more about it and tell the consumer how it works because nobody knows it. You ask the, I mean, how the dishwasher works, they're still thinking that the, the water is coming up. The plates are, you know, like swimming in it. No, it's not. It's, it's a total different technology. It's a, yeah. So we have to unbox the machine, and that's going to be our mission. But you're right. Cool. Most of the problems that happen, like in your house, is because of the lime scale, the hard water. It's just U.S. Half of U.S. is having hard water issues. So the, the food will never go through your filter. Even the new machines are designed with a filter to eat the um, eat it. But again, the campaign is scrape and load. Just scrape it. But save the water. Don't don't rinse the water, right? Because I think it's really genius how it's almost like uh, it's proof of also how well the product works, that it'll get these stains out. You don't have to clean them before they clean. They actually just do the job how they're supposed to. So I think it's really interesting. You put it very well. This is the this is the beauty of what you guys have found. The reason why I'm saying is, look, how us and purpose was always there. The purposeful brands, how we will create them. But why the finish link was so strong, you said it. Because the functional message, your duty is to, to clean it, right? Give the efficiency. So don't prevent, I'm giving you the ultimate product. And so that we can save water together. So the, the, the brilliant part of it, I think it's coming from Havas was, was this, the skip the rinse, save 57 liters, I'm gonna do the job, don't worry. So um, to that point around meaningful brands and purpose-driven brands, we have noticed a trend. Um, it didn't start this year, but I think that it's really taken hold this we year, uh, this theme around sustainability. You know, advertising has come under fire in the past for encouraging consumerism. I mean, at the end of the day, we are asking people to buy things and promote a th throwaway culture in air quotes. But I think we've luckily found our, our jobs on the agency side, but I think you as a marketer have seen the responsibility we have to put out messages that will protect the planet and people. Uh, so we're, you know, we're excited about that. Do you see that as well? Like, is, has your job gotten easier internally around selling this platform of Skip the Rinse and sustainability? Skip the Rinse works, as you said, because it's a functional message still. So it does work. But the beauty part of it is now it gives the agency 
the creativity area that you can you can think beyond you know like the advertising in the last 10 15 years before we started this was always the same all brands in the category cascade us you know like hankel unilever all of us were advertising the same thing dishes dirty shiny you know like all about it. now we give the creativity so that people can engage with the category because it's a love involvement category nobody likes to talk about dishes so this made us interesting for the consumer and ah, okay it's 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 a, it's a disruptive message now they stop okay am i wasting water okay ah oh, the machine does work like this so okay i need to change my behavior now we have an area that that we can we can play and and make people use the dishwasher more because i'm i'm telling you like laundry for example 20 years ago i can take you many markets in africa in in uh, middle east people were hand washing their their laundry now nobody does it it's going to be the same in the dishes yeah. it's really interesting i mean Tarek, I know we've only been working together for um, a month or two, but what I could tell from you already is you're incredibly brave. You're a brave client. You have things that you you know believe in. But if you if you will, I guess my question is: talk about how important it is to be brave as a client. As creatives, we get to be brave all the time, but as clients, I think it's a lot more on your shoulders. I mean, you you guys came to us like uh, I think it was three or four years ago. Showed the report like. Why purposeful brands are needed? If 80% of brands disappear, I don't care. This is what the consumers say, and I said, okay, stop. It's like it should be something different than, you know, just a campaign. It should be the, the purpose of why we exist. And um, we started, and then what? The, the first time we tested the skip the rinse concept, it was the best ever score that the brand had in the last 10 years. So then it, the numbers showed us, and then. In US, you know, like Ace Metrics, that's something we use. The best ever stories that we told about this category to consumers were always about skip the ring. So then it gives you the, the, the confidence, the courage, and then you say, okay. But, but the first moment was very difficult. Even when we first started to talk about it, they said, you know, like your competition is strong. They have a good product. And yes, this is real. They have a very good product. We have a very good competitor, which is good also. But, and they're talking only functionality. I said, no, we will change the story and be giving back to the society and to environment. And even if they challenge us, we, we started to do the campaigns the first year, two countries joined. The next year, 10. Now, in, across all our markets, and including the biggest market, US, and then the, the results came, So, which, which I'm proud of. You know, like winning WARC last year, for example, the yeah. Grand Prix, it was an amazing success, right? It's, and again, it's still a dishwasher detergent, I'm telling. Like, how the creativity popped up is just giving you the courage. So. But of course, it starts with trust. I mean, we looked into our eyes always and we said, we're going to do it. It's going to be a bit awkward in the beginning. Yeah. It will resonate day by day. Now in the third year, you see that people are just expecting this message and we change our competition as well. Now our competition, you know, then in the US also doing the same thing that we started three years ago. Yeah. It's also, um, I think when you do work like that, a lot of times creatives are like, oh, I want to work on a beer brand or I want to work on a a luxury automobile brand, something sexy, but now you've actually made a detergent sexy for creatives, which is pretty amazing. It is amazing, I'm, I'm telling you. It's amazing, everybody likes it now. Everybody likes to work for it now. It's, it, we're coming, and, and you see the young creatives, it's like coming to, knocking Dan's door, boss, I have an idea. Everybody's like this, I have an idea around it. And at the end, saving a lake, who would give us this opportunity? With a, with a brand market, and still I'm saying a dishwasher, who would give us this opportunity to save U.S. water? Now, we're working on the um, 
the, the most comprehensive study for uh, U.S. Uh, water. What's going to happen to us in the next 30, 40 years? Oh, my God, tell us. I'm dying to know. Will Lake Michigan still be around? Because that's where my house is, and I'm feeling pretty good about my real estate value. But tell me. I think you're safe, yeah. Great Lakes, am I right? California's in trouble, though, isn't it? It is in big trouble. Texas, Denver, so Colorado. It's 90 million Americans just feeling it now. When you talk to some people like in Jersey, New York, like Chicago, like they're, we're okay. No, we're not okay. It's going to come to us. And so... I can't tell it now, but they, they're coming with a huge idea to just will cover the whole United States now that we have to we have to fight for our water. We have to. You've created this platform, Skip the Rinse, and all different executions that have come off of it. It's now, it's not just, as we talked about, it's not just a, a campaign for dishwashing, you know, soap. It's a sustainability campaign. It's got a much richer message. It's about saving water uh, for all of us, saving the planet, all that. Were you always kind of a, like an environmentalist growing up, or did you kind of just fall into this position where it was the right thing to do? I always dreamed of making a big impact. That was what, what I was into. But when I first sit with you guys, listening about the purposeful brands, and you guys, as I think, showed us the way, and then our, our, our CMO, Fabrice Polio, he's a, he's a huge fan of purpose, and said, guys, it's the, the end of the world, so we have to change how we will do marketing. And I said, okay, I'm in the game. And I think it was like four or five years ago when I, when I joined Racket, I changed this, this mindset and then started. The beauty of it is, is like how we talk with people has changed because nobody likes to talk about the dishwasher detergent and its, its performance. Now you can talk to WWF, National Geographic. You can, you can talk to anybody and everybody. Like you can go Salesforce. We're meeting with IBM tomorrow. So we're, gonna, we're, just, uh, we're doing a water index. We did it one Turkey. We're going to do another water index globally saying that you are safe. Look, in, in Chicago, for example, one person should consume like maybe 20, 25 gallons a day. You are consuming 40. You have to reduce it. The water index is coming four persons. So, well, I'm doing my part because I, I go by the rule. If it's uh, yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Gross. Do you know this one? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't. I flush it. But That's it's my good. own personal plug. No, no. Myra's, she's next. very green. Okay. She's very green. She's green. I'm a tree hugger. Greener than me. I'm like light green. <laughs> and I flush it. Um, so, Tarek, tell us about the water index, because it's a phenomenal idea. And um, it, it's, it's obviously been awarded creatively here, right? So talk to us about what the water index is and how that's changed perception. Yeah, we were in the middle of the pandemic. We, we did the campaign. We were so excited. It was growing. But then the pandemic came and... Nobody really literally cared about water now. It's just, you know, like health comes first. And, and they were just remember the campaigns, washing hands, water is running. And then in Turkey, the water level in the dams decreased to 20%, which is way under, you know, like should be. And then people, just the government came and said, guys, it's, it's doomsday. If in the middle of the pandemic, we lose our water. Yeah. And we said, like, we were waking up looking at what happens to brand petrol, what happens to dollar, what happens to euro, gold, what are all these uh, all these things, but we're not looking at water, why? And um, at that time, it's finally, the oil prices just dropped below zero. The $100 now was zero, so we said, okay, we have to do something about it. Let's show people the water index on TV, on, on Bloomberg now, that they should see what, what is the world of water now. And, Havas brought an amazing idea. We sat with the industrial, um, actually the engineers worked on it. This is Havas Turkey, right? I want to give them a plug, give them some credit yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a great team. It's a beautiful team. Ergen leading it now creatively. Um, so what we said, okay, guys, let's sit. 
how much water we have, the population, how much we're consuming now, show a live index, updated weekly, and put it just nearby dollar, gold, you know, like petrol, all that thing, the oil. So people then was shocked, water index? Why? And then it's, it's, people were just clicking at it and looking at it. I mean, that created a huge awareness in the, in the country. It was all over the news that night that people were saying, we didn't look at it until now. Now we are less because like a, um, it's yeah. a finite resource. People need a thing. They need to see even the fountains at the airport where they show you how many bottles you've saved by filling up uh, your flask there. Like that was a huge game changer. People were just buying plastic bottles willy nilly. But having that count, like knowing, oh, I contributed to this million bottles saved is is a big deal. I think that's really interesting because it's it's crazy. We're facing this crisis, right? But yet no one is really compelled to act. So it's like the little the little everyday reminders actually may be a way, you know, to point out that we're losing water, to point out, hey, you've, you've actually made a difference by choosing to refill your water bottle. Um, it's interesting about human behavior. Um, Did you um, have to create to create the water index and, you know, involve like even talking to, like you said, Nat Geo and all of these other organizations must require a lot of people power. So did you have to staff up or change your staffing model? Are these part of your marketing team, these people, or do they sit outside of it? How does that work? That's a great question. It's like maybe the success of the water story that we created around finishes. We call it Habitat. Habitat means for us is starts with army of believers. Anybody in Hamas, in, in my team that we touch, nobody prevents. They just believe in the cause and, you know, like shower, car wash is like, we don't do it. We are the believers first. I mean, we take showers, but not more than five minutes. It's very important. That's interesting. Hey, I can get on board with that. Yeah. And when you go to some hotels in Germany, just the water goes away. It it won't come. It's going to, it's going to come also to here. Like it's all to, not to can maybe, but to to US. So the second thing is expertise. Without the expertise that you have, we, we asked professors, how we should act, National Geographic, WWF, they gave us the depth. If you don't know, like they do, about the water problem of US or Turkey or France, you can't talk about it. It's so expertise is so important. Then comes the partners. And when you start this, it goes so fast. People like it and so simple because you're doing it every day. You're in the kitchen and you're gonna wash your dishes today. So it's, but that mindset change then triggers you. Then when you wash your car, just your pool, everything you start to think about about water but starting from kitchen is, is great so it all comes you know like like with, with this ecosystem so it's it's not that difficult like when you convince people about it which is interesting it, it leads into one of our questions um how much responsibility like i guess it's everyone but it, it, it's interesting because i'm seeing brands right take on these issues it seems should our government be taking on these issues like how much are, are, are we doing all the heavy lifting? Should I mean, are we maybe we'll spark the government into action? It doesn't seem like society or, or, or government is doing enough for all the issues that we're facing. I know we're fighting a lot in the U.S. An anecdote from Turkey that I should start with in this one. Four years ago, and by the way, our president now is just the guy did a lot when he was leading. He was the, um, the head of Istanbul. So he was doing a lot when he was working there. But was saying four years ago, like, we took all the precautions, it's gonna be fine. It's about the water. And then we did these campaigns, pandemic happened just in the middle of it. It totally turned, I mean, they, he said, Turkey is gonna be running out of water, we have to do something about it. And okay, what we will do is then, they even invited us, the water law, how we will preserve it was done by the government. So 
It is. Without them, you can't do anything. Yeah, you can't do anything. I think in the U.S., we've kind of, you know, lost a little faith in our government lately. I don't think the pandemic, it's sort of... I think escalated the distrust in the government. So I do think that young people are looking to brands to make the change that they want to see in the world and they want to work for those brands and buy them at the end of the day. So do you feel that responsibility? I mean, you've taken on a kind of a big responsibility. You're going to potentially save us from our water crisis. I mean, we're just, uh, again, we're we're a brand. This is what we do. But one thing that I saw, it's either Biden, either from whoever it is like when you talk about water everybody gets united everybody just it's 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 an area you can't do politics on it's just so vital you'd be surprised nice. you would be surprised water shortage deniers do we have that i don't know if we do people in america literally take out the regulators in their shower heads so yes there are water crisis deniers but i think more of a reason to keep beating the drum and hopefully more brands will get on board to talk about the same thing that's a great point like the deniers like when we did the campaign like very intellectual people that know the topic is saying but water is never going to go away we're not saying it's going away it's going under that people don't know the available water on the surface is important that we can use but we send it under and as it goes it's not going to out of the earth but it will go down so that, that's a great, the deniers are wrong, and it's proved by, you know, like, by many authorities now, so. Yeah, and you know, it's really expensive to get water out of the ground if it's really deep, and only certain countries will be able to do that, and, and I think that'll create a worldwide crisis, and, and we don't, we don't and a lot of instability and a lot of, obviously, harm. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned that you had a hard time getting some people on board with skipping the rents, and someone that was very close to you even, so can you tell us about that story? <laughs> Thank you. Good question. Thank you. It's my mom. It's like, it took one year. I was saying, like, I'm working for this brand. We created this campaign. And you have a very new machine. Why are you still producing? And I think that's the challenge for the agency as well, for you guys. It's just how we will disrupt it. Because they don't even see that they're producing. It's just an autopilot activity. Uh, but yeah, after one year, she said, she okay, I'm, I'm good. I will do. But it, it took... Did you have to promise her you'd buy her a new machine if it broke or something? Did you... <laughs> the machine won't <laughs> broke. It did, it didn't, yeah, it, it took some time, yeah. but It does. Even my own husband, being the tree hugger that I am, I, I kind of am like the police, the water police and the trash police. Like, I don't allow paper towels. Like, we use cloth napkins. It, it's a bit much at times, but... We've been together 12 years, and I still can't get him to turn the water off while he's brushing his teeth. How, any advice for me? There. Dan, can you tell me? What should... Give him a break. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, I, 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 I get in trouble for the same thing. And I think it's just, again, it's habits, right? I, I think it's interesting. Humans are, you touched upon this earlier. We don't change habits unless there's something better. So, right, like skipping the rants, why I love it, is it makes my life easier because I have to do less, less of what I don't enjoy, and that's the dishes. So I'm all on board right away. So that's an easy. Me- I don't have to sacrifice, and I think as soon as you don't have to sacrifice, you could change habits. So I don't. I don't. I would hope that your husband would get on board with turning off. That he just got to remember because he's not really sacrificing anything. I think I need to get him the touchless one because it'll be more fun. So he can just motion control it, or so I, I got to do something. It's kind of the only thing we argue about anymore. So maybe it's good. Maybe we just need that. In our relationship. It's it's a good point. It's, I mean, we did this campaign for, of course, the the users of of the the dishwasher. 
But then we realized, I mean, the education should start from your childhood. Then we go to the best, one of the best storytellers in the world, Disney, and then we shot a movie with them on uh, the Water Five. Yeah, it's just uh, it's going to be on air in Turkey, like um, um, I think in, in three months. So it starts from always the the education from youth or childhood. So you're definitely right. And then when the kids get it once, they would never let you run that that water again. I mean, even thinking about the way we grew up in the '70s and '80s, um, there was little. There were a few problems in the world, it seemed. So we, you know, I think I was a lucky one. My parents were also tree huggers, so we were recycling even in the early 80s when you had to drive to a recycling plant because nobody came by to pick it up. Uh, we composted. I've been composting my whole life. But, you know, I just try to influence others uh, to do the same. But it would be great if those messages were broadcast through media. Right, if you were seeing those messages on TV and it was widely accepted, and I think we're getting there. So I guess the final question here today is, will advertising save us from water scarcity? It will, because you guys are in it. It's up to us. Well, thank you, Tarek. You were a great guest. It was great to have you on Advertising Will Save Us podcast. Really appreciate you being here. So there you have it. Tarek's verdict on whether advertising will save us. What do you think, Myra? Um, I think if we're all acting like Tarek and following his lead, uh, it might just save us. He is quite an inspiring client. I'm very jealous that he's yours and not mine, but maybe you can throw me a project uh, sometime. I do really wish more clients thought like Tarek, thought bigger, thought about our future and, you know, our next generations to live on this earth. Okay, well, that's it from us this week. But before we leave, we're going to run a segment we call The Kids Are All Right. And this is where we hear from a new member of the advertising industry and hear how they're going to save the world uh, through advertising. This week, we're hearing from Jalen Lockett. She is a new brand spanking new copywriter in the Chicago office with a great perspective on the industry. Um, okay, so my name is Jalen. I'm 23. I graduated from the University of Iowa last year, and I currently live about an hour from Chicago. And currently, I'm an intern at Havas. In terms of what I'm passionate about, like mental health awareness, that's kind of like a big part of our intern project right now specifically in communities of color, even more specifically in the African-American or black community here in the U.S. That's like something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping through our internship project that that's a community that we can reach and make an impact in. Our final idea came down to focusing on mental health stigma in the black community in the Chicago area. So our plan was, okay, so there's this stigma due to the historical mistreatment of African-Americans in the medical system, in the mental health system. So how can we make them feel more comfortable and feel safe to have these conversations? And so someone was like, oh, well, you know, when you go to a salon or a barbershop to get your hair done, if you're going to the right place, you can be very comfortable. People talk about their lives. What if we like recreate the space so it's someplace where people can come in, get their hair done, 
but then also have like access to mental health resources. So we're, we're working out the logistics of it right now, but that's kind of what our project is based around, like how to create a safe space for Black people in Chicago to want to open up. Thank you for listening. Advertising Will Save Us is an Intelligence Squared production in partnership with Havas U.S. The producers are Isabella Soames, Yosula Alarenshola, and technical assistance from Mark Roberts. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend, tell that friend to tell that friend, and so on. Um, and please, all of you, subscribe and leave us a glowing review, or at least email us and tell us uh, what you'd rather hear. Hear.